Hello and welcome to the Pilgrim's Podcast, the podcast where we pilgrimage our way through John Bunyan's allegorical classic, The Pilgrim's Progress. How are you, gentlemen? God, no, I don't know who I am because you haven't introduced us. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> You're listening to The Pilgrim's Podcast. My name's Jordan. Hello. And I'm joined by Stephen. Hello. And, uh, uh, and, um, <laughs> um, <laughs> Harry, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Good. Thanks. Good. Thanks for finally introducing me. Not at all. <laughs> How's. How's your week been, gentlemen? It's been a good week. Harry? Um, yeah. I was uh, travelling and I'm home. Where were you travelling? Uh, Berlin. Ah, oh, very good. Is that your first time? Yeah. Did you enjoy it? Yeah, it was uh, It was really good. Good trip. So, guys, we have we have listeners currently in the United Kingdom, the United States, Canada, Ireland, Slovakia, Norway, South Korea... Nigeria and Kenya. How awesome is that? That's good. It's really good. Yeah, it's, it's it's great that you know, in this age of modern technology, <laughs> <laughs> we're across four continents. Can you imagine like how much this would blow John Bunyan's mind if like he was able to track how far his book had gone? What do you think John Bunyan's aim was when he was writing the Pilgrim's Progress? If you think of he, uh, if he says, you know, if if the people of where was he from, Bedford, Bedford, Shire, do you know if the Bedford. people if the people of Bedford got to read and enjoy and got something from this story, that I would consider that a success. And yet here we are, thirty five thousand years <laughs> after it was written, and <laughs> it's a it's a staple of Christian allegory. Yeah, and you think of how many editions of it came out last year, you know, in, in book form and movie form. But uh, if, I, if I could say, and if you are uh, a listener in South Korea or Nigeria or Slovakia or Canada or any of these countries that we've mentioned, do get in touch. Yeah, it would be or even if, even if you're in one of these countries that we haven't mentioned. Yeah. Yeah, get in touch. So last time... We were with Noel and we left formalist and hypocrisy. And so the next strand, if I could put it like that, we're we're at the hill that's called Difficulty. And we meet two other characters. One's called Mistrust and the other one's called Timorous. And if you two guys know what Timorous means. Uh, sound like pings when hit. What? No. That's sonorous. <laughs> you know what does Timorous mean? Uh, my word document synonyms bring up timid, mm-hmm. diffident, frightened, cowardly, or hesitant. Basically, if I've typed it into uh, the search engine of choice on on my computer here, uh, brings up Ask definition. Uh, yeah, it, it uh, gives us a definition that says it's showing. Or suffering from nervousness or a lack of confidence. 
Så ja, tag med det der. Ja. Where the hell difficulty? As you as you read through this chapter, guys, jumps out at you. What's your first feeling? What's your first thought? Well, what are the the main plot points of this episode? We've got going up the hill, resting, resting, losing the scroll, mm-hmm. meeting yeah. meeting those two fellas, being tempted to turn around. I think um, the certainly the lions at the end we'll get to. They stood out quite a bit for me. Mm-hmm. I think the the scroll sort of falling out while he's sleeping. I think that's a interesting point as well. I I like his the little song that he's singing to himself as he goes up to the the spring right at the start. The hill, though high I choose to ascend, the difficulty will not me offend. For I perceive the way to life lies here. Come, take heart, let's neither faint nor fear. Better, though difficult, the way to go, than wrong, though easy, where the end is woe. And that's very much, I mean, one of the themes we've been talking about over the past couple of episodes is doing the right thing versus doing the, the easy thing. Yeah. And... It's just summed up there in in six lines. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's called difficulty. So it's like everything in this book. You know what it's going to be like. But he's keen. He doesn't seem put off by having to face the difficult. And who's he with? He's just been abandoned by formalist and hypocrisy. One's gone one way to destruction, and one's gone the other way to death. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, because they saw the hill and, and didn't like the look of it, uh, so he's he's alone and aware that his task requires him to climb this hill of difficulty, and he goes up the hill. He he's walking up the hill. He's climbing it. Well, he's he's sorry. He, he's running. He starts off running. Yeah, running up the hill, and then he's mm-hmm. walking, and then he's he's crawling on his hands and knees. Mm-hmm. And it's getting it is getting more and more difficult then. Mm-hmm. Do you think there's he's like he sees the hill and he just wants to go hard at it to get it done with but then he realizes that it's actually gonna be hard? Maybe. Do you think he should have paced himself? I don't know, it's just uh interesting that he, he runs and then he walks and then he climbs. Yeah. But is I mean, is that talking about his efforts in a sense, or and his, you know, tiring? Not because he's foolish or anything, but just the difficulty of the task. You know, Bunyan is saying, you know, he he started out strong and hard at this, but we can see him slowing down, hunched over, almost flat on his face. He's knackered, and I think that's what can happen sometimes when um, just so many things pile up and you become knackered in the in the things that you do um, because it's, life's difficult. Yeah, and it's not that he's doing anything wrong. No. Uh, he's not deviating from the path. He's not trying to find a shortcut or, or another means. He's just in the grind of what needs done. Yeah, 
what it takes. It's, it's important that, you know, so often as Christians, we want to look for the, the easy way. Um, or there's definitely a culture now to find the easy way, even as a Christian. But Bunyan says, he, sort of saying here, it's going to be really hard. Yeah, at times. embrace it. Yeah, and you've just got to embrace it and go for it, and you're going to struggle doing it. But yeah. you're still on the right way. Yeah. And it's not wrong to struggle on the right way. Yeah, because you see that, that halfway up this hill of difficulty, there is an arbor, a nook, mm-hmm. for him that the Lord of the Hills put. Exactly. The Lord of the Hill has, well, it says here in my copy that it's been it's been made. It's been made by the Lord of the Hill. Yeah. And it's been made for the purpose of of refreshment. Yeah, for, for those, weary travellers. For those who are on the way, for those who are travelling. Um and Christian, as he's getting there and he's running and he's walking and then he's crawling on his hands and knees and every every step forward, every bit of progress is is hard and it's a struggle. And he's got two choices. He can either just keep the head down and say, Look, well I'm I'm halfway there, just got another half to go. Or it can take advantage of this this arbor, this this place that has been provided by the Lord of the Hill mm-hmm. uh for his for his refreshment, for his good. And that's yeah. what he decides to do. And he's spent, like he's he's done. Mm-hmm. Uh and it's not about at this point giving up. But using the the resources and opportunities that are granted and given, mm-hmm. does even the way that Bunyan's described this speak of um, that verse from Hebrews about how Jesus sympathizes and understands all our weaknesses and and humanity? The way he just talks about there's a rest spot halfway up here made by the Lord of the Hill, made by Jesus uh, for the pilgrims. You know, there's that he he understands he's not disappointed or or disheartened by people being exhausted yeah he's built this into the journey yeah and this is a, a small taste in a sense of the location at the top of the hill the palace beautiful which is also a building to house pilgrims for rest they've got you know the small stop here like a bench on the way up to Cave Hill, mm-hmm. and you just need a you know, just a rest, just a breather. But then you've got this location at the top that is almost uh, an overnight thing, a spa. A spa. <laughs> uh, I don't think it's as good as a spa. <laughs> it's better. Mm-hmm. Got an armory. And so, what does he do when he gets to the nook? Oh, well, he reminds himself of the the salvation that he's achieved and the, the path which he's on towards the city of Zion. Yeah. And that sort of helps refresh him and remind him of the hard path he's on and the reason he needs to keep going, no matter how hard it is. But then, unfortunately, he dozes off but those are off for too long and he, he loses the scroll yeah what a way to take of that is that a sin is it wrong for him to sleep I think um, like it's good to rest 
then maybe he was resting for too long. It sort of became a period of lethargy and became a bit complacent. Because I mean, my understanding of it is he's he settles himself down. He's knackered from climbing the hill. Uh, and correct me if you think I've got this wrong in my head, but he sees this wee rest spot, so he stops and he lies down, gets himself comfortable, and you know he's got his new clothes on that he got from the shiny ones at the cross, and he's kind of assessing his his new coat. He pulls the scroll or the roll out of his pocket and is reading what we can assume is scripture uh, to refresh himself. And I mean admirable and commendable that his rest is not just lying down you know on his back and, and snoozing immediately but it's let's let me read scripture this is how i rest this is how i refresh and then he eventually does doze off he's comfortable he's safe he's cozy and tired and then something happens there came to him one who wakens him and quotes a proverb to him. Go to the ant, sluggard, consider its ways and be wise. And that kind of jolts Christian and makes him realise, oh, hang on, I better get going here. And he just, you know, like the McAllisters at the start of Home Alone, the alarm goes off and they realise it's too late and they just bomb out before checking if Kevin or the scroll is in their possession. Is that how you read it? Yeah, I think so. That was interesting. Yeah. Do you read it different? It's uh, see. To be honest, I don't. I don't really know. I don't really know how to how to read it. Is it a? As you're saying, like, is it a sin to to fall asleep? But yet, it's been this place has been provided by by the Lord of the Hill. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I appreciate uh, the explanation that you've given there. Um, but yeah, I'm not, I don't really have a sort of contrary view to that, if that makes sense. It seems to me that, I mean, the reading it here says, thus, pleasing himself a while, he at last fell into a slumber and thence into a fast sleep. But that seems what it's built for. So maybe not. I think it's just a place for rest. Please. He slept until it was almost night. Yeah, almost night. So I think he's supposed to do this walk in like a day because then Easter one he gets up, he starts panicking because it's almost, it's too dark and he can't see. And yeah. he's annoyed that he's slept in for so long. So it's more yeah. supposed to be a stop-off spot to have a breather rather than that's where you're going to sleep for the day. Yeah, and if you read there, it says, you know, he arrives there about midday. Mm-hmm. So was he meant to take maybe just like an hour or two, but he's taken half a day? Yeah. And that's that's why he's now a sluggard rather than someone who's just enjoying rest. Yeah, I, I, think, I think so. Because he shouldn't have waited until it was dark because it's, you know, walk while it's still light. Um, Down through our pilgrimage through this book um, I've been reading along with Ken Pulse I'm sure you guys too have as well Mm -hmm. Um, this is what he says about it so he says 
uh, with the hill that Christian's running or he's going or he's clambering and he's always making progress even if he's on his hands and knees he's always going forward but now he is inactive now he's sleeping and sleeping while there's while there's light and you just sort of touched on that point Stephen I think he he gives us uh, words from Jesus from John 12 he says a little while longer the light is with you walk while you have the light lest darkness overtake you for he who walks in darkness does not know where he's going. And so uh, this is what uh, Ken Paul says, that it's because Christian is, is sleeping while the, the Lord has given him light, while the Lord has given him a light that he might walk in and, and see where he's going. Uh, that's really where he's, where he's tripped up. Mm. And uh, this, the, the scroll then, uh, falls out of his hand. Yeah, and there seems to be a, a rush to whenever he wakes up. And we don't know who wakes him up. It's just a voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, quoting, calling him a sluggard. And he gets up and there is that, that sense of, of hurry. And he hasn't checked his surroundings and made sure that he has all his gear with him. And then there's, a, I suppose, maybe a bit of a foolishness then to leaving behind something as valuable as the scroll given them at the cross. It's funny sometimes how uh, God's word can do that. When we're sleeping or in a slumber or in a in a bit of a rut. And just there's just this one verse from Proverbs and and then he's it, it just jolts him out of his out of his laziness, out of his sloth. And he's not inactive anymore. And you say he's, he's up and he's at it. And he's, well, so much so that he, he forgets his, his, uh, his scroll. Mm-hmm. But there's this one word from, from the one that wakes him. And it just, it, it just shakes him. Shakes him out of his, the, the slump that he was in. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't realize at this point that he has forgotten the scroll. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a spoiler for just a moment's time. Mm-hmm. But he seems to, you know, if, if he started at the bottom of this hill running to slowly jogging, to walking, to crawling, the second half he runs up and, and makes it almost immediately, it would seem, to the very top. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now when he got up to the top of the hill, there came... Uh, two men running to meet him a man or at full speed uh, the name of one was timorous and the other was mistrust and they're tim, coming I'm towards him tim. tim and miss <laughs> no. Um, no mister mister um but they're going the wrong direction they're coming towards him and if we imagine this King's Highway to the Celestial to the Celestial City as a one-way street. They're going the wrong way, and and quite quickly. How does Christian feel at this point that ever since he he, he was at the cross, mm-hmm. and he's met he's met these two guys previous. He's met uh, formalist and hypocrisy. He's just crying mm-hmm. out for somebody to come along. And just have a like mind and just have a 
have the same sort of enthusiasm that he has for going to the Celestial City. And yeah. always finds people taking the short way, the easy way, the wrong way. Yeah, that's, this is this, these are the seventh, sixth and seventh people that he's met. If you've got the three guys asleep, formalist and hypocrisy, and now these two. Mm-hmm. None of them have been very encouraging companions. No. No. Christian meets them and they go they go along their way. Uh, jumping a little bit ahead here. Um Christian has his interactions with Tim and Mr. Um and he feels in need of a bit of encouragement. Maybe because all he has met there are are people who he doesn't understand why they're going the wrong way or why they're not following him or why they're not coming alongside him or whatever the case might be. But he needs that bit of encouragement. Yeah. Feels for his scroll. Uh, So it says here, so that he might read it, so that he might be comforted. But he can't find it. At this point, Stephen can put in a a big dun-dun-dun. That was pretty good. But he can't find it. This causes him great worry, great distress. Mm. And that's that's the that's the phone part. Like you can you can see him do it. Well, I can see <laughs> him do it in my head. You know that front pockets, back pockets. You know up and down. You. Where did I put it? Where's my phone? Where's my wallet? Where's my scroll that the angel gave me? I hate that. Do you know when you're about to leave the house and you can't find the scroll that the angel gave you? Where is that yeah. scroll that the angel gave me? I had it. I had it two minutes ago, and I set it down, remembering it's right there. Yeah, I mean, I'm patting my pockets, and I've got, yeah, I've got my phone, I've got my wallet, I've got my spaghetti bolognese, and I just don't have that <laughs> scroll that the angel gave me. <sighs> yeah, and then you have to use your app, find my angelic scroll. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. But it's dark as well, so it's not even a case that he can just see clearly. And this scroll was his pass, it says here, into the Celestial City. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's not just a case that he's lost a trinket that was given to him as a sentimental memento of his time at the cross. It is his, his passport. Mm-hmm. So this is the... Uh, these are the consequences, I guess, of, of Christian previously having a doze while it was light. Yeah, this is the... The cost of sluggardness. Yeah. So what do we make of that for ourselves in 2020? Has Christian here fallen into the same trap as Sloth from a couple of episodes ago? He is the sleepy man at this point. Mm-hmm. And mm. has he forgotten the words that he said to Sloth himself? You know, about watch out. There's a lion about. I think there's a difference. Yeah. I think there's a difference. Um if we see Christian in his interaction with Simple and Sloth and Presumption as the one that comes with that warning to Christian himself later on with that proverb, mm-hmm. um, and he comes and you know he doesn't he doesn't say obviously that you know go to the ant you sluggard, but he does come along and 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 tells him that there's one coming like a like a roaring lion, yeah, um, and Sloth says. Just let me sleep a little bit more. Yeah, his reaction's not the same. But 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 Christian Christian jumps up and he has that that hurriedness that uh, uh, he just needs to go. <laughs> the what sorry? The uh, uh, you know that sort of 
moving from one foot to the other. <laughs> yeah, running. But yeah. Uh, you know when you get up, you, you miss your alarm, like you were saying. Uh huh. And you just yeah, you just like you sort of jump out and just like and then yeah. you get something. So there's two completely different reactions here between sloth and and Christian. Yeah, it's because he sort of he's realised the mistake of being sort of sluggard where Sloth is happy to be that way where Christian realises hold on a sec that really I really shouldn't have done that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah he says he's indulged in the flesh so he could rest his body and that the the place where he lay was only provided for the relief of the spirits of pilgrims so the the scripture alarm has gone off for both sloth and for Christian, and Christian's woken up in a blind panic and responds to what he needs to do, whereas sloth has tried to hit snooze. Is that the difference? Yeah, a blind I panic. When I when I said oh, 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 that's the phrase I was looking for, a blind <laughs> panic. Yes. Well, there you go. But um, I suppose as well, not only does he have to deal with. Uh, the mistake that he's made while he was sleeping when he shouldn't have been sleeping but he also mm-hmm. he realises what he needs to do and it's not just a case of going oh well I've, I've lost it but he realises that he has to he has to go back yeah he realizes, yeah, back down the hill yeah mm-hmm. he's just when he's made it to the top nearly mm-hmm. and, go, oh. and you can imagine that it's just as difficult as it was the first time and running up the hill when we were just woken up the adrenaline maybe took him up the hill mm-hmm. then when you kind of calm down and then you're in the state of panic of being told about lions first of all and then realizing that you're missing your passport and having to go back down the hill and then realizing that you have to go back up the hill all in the dark you could be despairing you, you could just want to give up mm-hmm and he, he kicks himself. <laughs> what does he do once he, he realises that he sort of works his way back, retraces his steps, remembers that, oh, I was sleeping at that arbour at the hill. And then once he realises what he's done, it says in, in my copy here that he falls on his knees and he asks God for forgiveness. Mm. Once he realises yeah. that he's done messed up, he asked for God's forgiveness. Yeah. he. At this point, I think he almost sees, it's almost like a, a fourth wall break. You know, he realizes he's in an allegory of sorts because he's like, this is just like Israel wandering in the wilderness. Mm. Yeah. You know, it's like, ah, ah, my life, an allegory for you, the reader. And then, and there's the, there's the regret of the sin as well. You know, there's yes, forgiveness being sought, which is great. But he's like, you know, if if he does the mental maths of if I didn't have to come back here, if I had actually taken like two minutes to look around me and gather my belongings before I went, I would be this far plus the distance coming back again on my journey. And then he goes even further. It's like if I'd never even slept in the first place. Yeah. I'd be even further ahead than that. Yeah. Oh, that I had not slept. Mm-hmm. 
Can I just say, I, I've never said that in my life. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that I had not slept. So I know this isn't a true story. Even even <laughs> when you, li- you lie in and, you know, you forget, you forget your wallet or something and you have to drive back for it and you're picking up your wallet from your house, you know, you've lost, you know, half an hour of your day from sleeping in and then an hour from having to come back and are you not just like oh that I had not slept no Jordan you've never had that (laughs) you've never had that no can't say that I have no regret that I slept oh that I didn't put my wallet in my back pocket the night before (laughs) Mm. and away he goes and oh how carefully now did he go up the rest of the hill Mm -hmm. it's like um, reminds me of uh, boxcar Bob, you know, Boxcar Bob from the episode of The Simpsons where Homer, um, when he becomes a boxer, the boxing, mm-hmm. yeah. But um, I think it's Boxcar Bob. His name is. Okay, you're fighting a guy named Boxcar Bob. Brawled his way up from the boxcars, did he? Uh, no, not yet. He still lives at the train yard, but he's a hungry young fighter. They gives him like two or three punches, and then he keeps looking back into his corner where he has all of his belongings. And then he punches him in a couple of times and keeps looking back. Yeah, he never stops punching, except to check out his bindle. Yeah, that's what it reminds me of, Christian, every sort of two or three steps doing that pat down <laughs> that we were talking about. Just you know, looking behind him. Just to make sure that nothing's Isn't fell. The still here? Yeah. 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 And he remembers the story that Timorous must just tell him then. Mm. And he sees and hears the lions. And so he's he's mumbling to himself. He's bemoaning his situation. Christian, if only you hadn't slept during the day, now you wouldn't have to journey through the night and hear all of these scary noises and, and come across these scary creatures. And lo and behold, he lifts his eyes from the ground. Not that he had dropped down, but that's just a figure of speech. <laughs> and he, he lifts up his eyes and there is a stately palace directly ahead and the name of the palace is beautiful after all he's been through he's probably exhausted and he just needs some other Christian company to help strengthen him and when he sees that palace on the hill you know, that just gives him hope but there are lions but here there's lions that's going to do us for this episode we are in eyesight Ear shot stones throw from the palace beautiful so let me just close off this episode by reminding you once again to follow us on the socials instagram and twitter at pilgrims pod uh drop us an email Stephen, what's our email address again it's pilgrims pod at gmail.com and i can't stress enough do do get in touch but um for now i've been jordan I've been Stephen. I've been Harry. Bye. Bye. Bye.